I was so confused at first about Southern hospitality, and I had to get it all out of my system. I'm riding one day, because they tell me if people in the South are real friendly. So I'm driving one day, and this guy waves at me, and I tell my wife, I said, who's that? I said, why did he wave at me? I said, is he a drug dealer? She said, no, that's Mr. Keys. I said, why is he waving at me? Because he's friendly. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. It's always a pleasure, friend, to get together with you and talk about God-sized stories. Last time, we started drinking from a fire hydrant (laughs) because we were talking with Michael Cassie Sr. What an amazing journey that God has brought you to. Amen to worship at the feet of his son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love him. Love him. You know, last time we started yeah. off by talking about this verse out of 1 Peter 2, 9, uh-huh. that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light or marvelous yes. light. Amen. Amen. Yes. So we started doing that last week by yeah. telling your story growing up in South Bronx. Yeah. You were one of nine children. Yes. Didn't really have a father figure, so you had an uncle that was very influential and wanted you to be part of his life. Yes. And so you moved to San Diego, spent some time there. You moved back to New York. No, L.A. Oh, you moved to L.A. LA from yeah, there. Okay, yeah, yeah. you moved to L.A. from there. Yes. Keep me straight, Michael. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> but we started talking about this communist party yes. that you associated with. Yes. And how you were indoctrinated through someone helping you learn the English language. Yes, sir. So that you could hopefully succeed in life. Yes, sir. That's what you wanted to do. Yes. That was the hook. That was the hook. But from there, you journeyed from that into communism, into Islam. Yes. I was searching. You know, I think everybody's searching for something, for truth. We don't really know it, but God has put in our conscience his mindset. It's been said that there's this God-shaped vacuum mm-hmm. in our life. Yes, sir. That only God can feel. Right. But we try everything else to fill it won't that, work. That void. It doesn't work, does it? Doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah. He, I mean, he set it up like that. Yeah. So you can continue to look. You're not going to find anything until you find Jesus. That's the key. Until you find Jesus. Until you find <laughs> Jesus, it's not going to work. Believe me. Trust me. I've been, in, I've been around in a lot of places, you know, that God has uh, taken me through where my life was on the line. And I'm only alive sitting in front of you right now because of the grace of God, Amen. because of the mercy of God. There is no other explanation. There is not. No. None. No. Not for me either. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Praise God. And we don't have time for my story today. I want to continue yours. <laughs> yes. But it was Telephone, Texas. Telephone, Texas. What happened was he had a recording studio in Dallas, Jeremiah Cummins I'm speaking about. And let's just back up for one second. You had been transferred with General Motors Company. Yes. You didn't want to go there. <laughs> I didn't want to go. But God wanted you to go. God knew it was time to get saved. Yeah. You know, he, he knew I was searching. He knew I was searching from the incident that happened in Compton. You know, when I was coming through Compton, I heard the Kenny Loggins song. And what was that song again? This Is It. This Is It. That's the name of it. This is Actually, it. Kenny Loggins wrote it for his father who was in, in the hospital. You know, he just wrote it for him while he was struggling with his health. And it ended up being kind of a, like a little spiritual song. Up against the wall. Yeah, this is it. Make no mistake about it. The waiting is over. Your back's against the wall. Those are some of the lyrics in the song. Michael, your back was against the wall. Yes, it was. Islam wasn't working. Yes. The socialistic communist ideology wasn't working for you. No. And there was no peace. You become a drug addict and nothing was working. Nothing. Nothing. 
There was time. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they are the children of God. And that means that God has to break you to really see the truth. You have to be broken. You have to be searching. You have to want something. And even though he had to lead me in a different way to get to me, I believe I went through Islam, not because God wanted me to go through Islam, but because he wanted me to think about a God. And even though Allah is not the real God for me, it wasn't God the Father, but he had to get me to thinking about there's something else other than yourself. You know, socialism, communism, really, there is no God. There's no room for God. Right, no God. In communism. Right. Because man would be the exalted one. Yes, man will be exalted, and that's what happened with the different ideologies and philosophies of the world. He took me through that stage, so now I'm ready for anybody who wants to deal with me on on the different ideologies or socialism. You know, I studied it. I I, I was a part of it. And then through Islam, you know, which I consider, and most people, may hate me, but I'm not afraid. I've never been afraid. It's a cult, all right? It's not real. People are scared. Oh, hey, man, you can't say that. You know, you you may lose your life. You can't kill me. I got eternal life. Come on. You know, don't give me the word of God and then try to take it from me. If you're going to give me scriptures, live by them, because that's what Jesus would do. So you're working on this line for General Motors in Telephone, Texas. There is a former Muslim that is working next to you who is a follower of Christ, born again, believer in Jesus. Yeah, yeah. the plan is in Arlington, Texas, General Motors. And the guy is going to Telephone, Texas to pick up five girls who sing on his record label. You know, he's a Christian now. He's got these five girls. He has to bring them to Dallas to record. But he has to go to Telephone, Texas to go get them. Because they don't have no car. Okay, right? so how do you play into this? Here's how I play. Well, he's telling me his testimony, right, how he got saved. And he said, so he got to the church too early because they can't leave to go to the studio on a Sunday to come to his studio to record. So he said he got to Telephone Texas too early. He sat in the back of the church. He didn't know their father was the pastor. He comes out, and this was the title of his message. What does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? Just that one verse convicted him in the back of that church that he kept coming back early to telephone texas to pick him up to hear the gospel and he gave his life to christ in telephone texas (laughs) a muslim of five years wow that kind of blew your mind blew my mind then he said he said i know you just think jesus is a prophet he said by the way how long you've been a muslim I said, I only been a Muslim for nine months, and I'm more dedicated than you, and you was a Muslim for five years. He said, oh, don't worry. He said, you know, God works wonders with numbers. I said, well, what does that mean? He said, don't you know it takes nine months for a woman to give birth to a baby? I said, well, what does that mean? He said, you ready to be born again. <laughs> you know, but you laugh, but I didn't no, even know what he no, meant. I realized that. Yes, and I laugh today like you. And so he told me this. He said, I know you think Jesus is a prophet. He said, but when you go home tonight, I know you have to do your final prayer, your fifth prayer. He said, when you pray to Allah, because he didn't say Jesus, because he knew I wouldn't do it. He said, pray and ask Allah, does he have a son named Jesus? And he said, if you really want to know, God going to reveal it to you. Now, see, when you speak in truth on a person, and this guy was like, I mean, like, man, who is this guy? And then some girl, while I was there, had given me a track earlier. 
because she liked me and she wanted to bring some food for me because I was new to the area. She gave me a track by Kenneth Hagen. I didn't even know who he was. And the name of the track was How to Become Born Again. At home, I threw it on my table because she was nice. I just took it. And when I went home, I picked up the track and I read Salvation Verses. Romans 10, 9. I never, it was on there. All the salvation verses. I didn't know who Kenneth Hagin was. Didn't know if he was white, black, where he come from. But I read the track. Tracks are good. And I got convicted right there in my living room. Not in a church, not with a preacher, not a choir singing. Nobody witnessing to me other than the fact we'll go home and pray and ask Allah. And I said to Allah, I said, Allah, I don't, I don't even know if this, uh, this guy may be the devil. And then God spoke into my spirit. Romans 10, 9. If we confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Go down to verse 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah. It hit me, and it hit me that God spoke into my spirit. People just say audible voice. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. Michael, no, uh, no. He spoke into my spirit, and I said, is somebody in my room? And he said, the one you just asked. For deliverance on the airplane, you thought you was talking to Allah. You was talking to me. And I was like, I'm looking all around. I'm like, <laughs> I, I said, oh, I'm tripping. He said, you, you haven't did any cocaine in two weeks. You're in your right mind. You're talking to me. I'm God the Father. Oh, no. No, and I'm, I, I'm talking to myself. He said, no, you're talking to me. And I... I is God is my, I'm looking at you. If God is my witness, maybe strike me down in this room. I heard that. I laid down on that floor. I would not look up. I confessed everything I could remember that I did from stealing, lying, cheating, whatever it was. I confessed it right in there. And I asked God to forgive me and to come into my life. And God the Father said, get up. He said, it's done. I said, what, what, what? No, 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 no. I'm talking to myself and I'm answering myself. And if you, God, why did I do this? Or why did I do that? Why did I get in Islam? Why did I get in the communist party? Why did I steal? Why did I do dope? He answered all the questions. The heart is deceitfully wicked. Who above, can know it? Who can know it? We don't even know our own heart. We, we think we do. We think we think we do. But we don't know our heart. Yes. And so he said to me, he said, hey, you're forgiven. I said, well, what do I got to do? He said, you ain't got to do anything. Jesus paid it all. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I remember the cat. I went back to Catholicism. You got to, you know, you go tell your sins to the priest. He give you a penance, you know, the rosary, some Hail Marys, some Our Fathers, and you do something. He said, no, Jesus paid it all. I said, okay, okay, if you got, are you that tough? I got a drug addiction. Maybe I ain't did drugs in two weeks. But I can't even look at cocaine on TV. If I see a bus, I get that desire. I may, He said, remember the pact you made with you thought you was talking to Allah? If you deliver me from this drug addiction, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. He said, it's gone. I said, now nah, I know that. I know that I'm talking to myself now. He said, no, it's gone. Trust me. I threw that Quran down. I picked up that track and started reading the whole track. I committed my life to Christ right there in my living room. Nobody around me in Indian Creek Apartments is still there in Arlington, Texas. 
When I get back the next day to work, I'm walking to my job. They're waiting for me. Them same two, that girl and, and Jeremiah. And they're looking at me come down the line. And they say, what happened? What happened? What happened? <laughs> and they don't see the Quran. They see the track in my hand. And they said, what happened? I said, I gave my life to Christ. I asked Christ to come into my life. And they started jumping up and down on the assembly line. It was weird. <laughs> and he said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. It's written all over your face. I didn't know what he meant then. So on my first break, I went to the bathroom to see what I looked like. <laughs> then the rest is history. I, I went to Mount Olive Missionary Baptist Church in Arlington. He invited me. I heard the gospel being preached by Norman Robinson, the pastor. And I heard the gospel from the word of God. And I went and joined. I mean, I ran down the aisle from the back of the church. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new creation. All things, all things pass away. All things become new. And here's the thing about it. Though I didn't know scripture then, little did I know that Norman Robinson was on the board of directors of Southern Bible Institute. And he was paying 20 of his members to go to school to uh, study the Word of God for free. And I was number 25 on the list. I went to Southern Bible Institute in Dallas, which is an extension of Dallas Theological Seminary, where all the professors come because we couldn't afford Dallas Theological Seminary. So it's a small institute designed to help the poor people learn about the Word of God. Oh, my. I stayed there for eight years. I was the first student picked from Professor Ralph Woods, first person out of the student body to go to Africa. Took me to six countries. (laughs) And I went to the mission field as a young boy. And when I got off of that airplane in Kennedy Airport in New York City, I said, I'm better than blessed. I dedicated my life to God. I said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm here. That's why I'm sitting in front of you. It ain't no accident. It ain't no accident that God met. I don't believe in accident. You know what? That's what Jeremiah Cummins told me. He said, it ain't no accident you got here to Dallas. He said, the, the job they gave you, he said, this white guy used to do that job. He ain't never been absent. He ain't never missed a day. The day he gets sick, they bring you all the way from Los Angeles and set you next to two Christian people. We've been waiting for you. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you Christians are something else. Oh. Yes. You know, I was thinking about the prodigal son and the pursuit of the father for the son that went wayward, you know? Yes. And that's what God longs for is this relationship. He made it all possible for us yes. through Jesus. Amen. 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 And that's the very thing we ignore, a relationship with him. Exactly. And that relationship should be so strong, it's Jesus or nothing with me. When you're talking about, you know, the, the, the thing, the warning I put, if you ain't going to talk about Jesus, I don't really care really about talking. You know, I'm gonna, I could talk about the Cowboys and I could talk about the Super Bowl, but I want to talk about Jesus. Jesus said, learn of me. So what brought you to Memphis? How did you get here? I was trying to get back to California, you know, and I'm in Ohio. You can never go where you want to go. It was too cold for Ohio. I had transferred from Texas to Sandusky, Ohio. I worked there for five years. They tried to give me a a, a job as the chaplain of AC Delco, uh, uh, and they tried to give me a a ministry out there in Sandusky to keep me there. But, uh, you know, the Lord was leading me to leave. And my wife wanted to leave. I was trying to get her closer to her mother in Fort Worth, Texas, or get to California where my family was. And so I put in two transfers, one to Memphis, which had the same plant as one in Rialto, California. Rialto was new. My chances of getting in a new plant was better. Memphis comes up. So how long have you been in Memphis Since now? 2000. The South that I didn't want to come to. I'm here sitting in front of you. 
you know, just so, I mean, I, I was so confused at first about Southern hospitality uh, and I had to get it all out of my system. I'm riding one day because they tell me if people in the South are real friendly. So I'm driving one day and this guy waves at me and I tell my wife, I said, who's that? I said, why did he wave at me? I said, is he a drug dealer? She said, no, that's Mr. Keys. I said, why is he waving at me? Because he's friendly. I said, well, they don't do that in California. Somebody wave at you, he's the drug dealer. So things changed. My life changed. I started studying the Word of God. Study the Word of God to show yourself approved in the God. A workman. Huh? You got to rightly divide the Word of truth. And that's what I try to do. I studied for eight years at Southern Bible Institute to learn about Jesus Christ. So you're here, you're working for General Motors here in Memphis. I've retired. You're retired now. I'm retired here. Yeah. Your wife, you mentioned her, but I yeah. don't know how you two met. Oh, yeah, we met in Texas. She went to the same church. When I joined church in, uh, in, 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 in Texas, the church, her, actually her uncle was a pastor. I was the assistant pastor, and she was singing in the choir. Beautiful voice. I loved her walk. We started dating. Oh. I was, it was something. What about your family? Most of my family is uh, scattered through New York. California and Texas. A lot of them are not saved. A lot of them don't know Jesus. My heart is heavy every day. I even have a son that was brought up in the Lord. He went to Faith Baptist Church. He went through all the loops, everything. We put him in everything. Taught him. Real good kid. He's that prodigal that I'm waiting for him to come home. You know, he's in New York City. He lives in Brooklyn. He was born in Texas. He lives in Brooklyn, New York. You know, I love him to death. I'm praying for him every day. I got people all around this world praying for him. That one day, I'm looking for him every day when I go out my house that Calvin's coming back home. Oh, Michael. Jesus talks about nothing that we give up that we won't get in return. When he talks about following him, what you have to give up, but he talks about the blessings or what you get in return, about family in return. But he also includes in there, in this life, sufferings. Yes, because he suffered, right? we suffer too in this life. Amen. If you, in fact, his word says, if you don't suffer, you won't reign. You know? And so I've got, I've got my ups and downs, but I never give up. I got eternal life, man. People saying, you know what? Hey, you, my mother used to say, don't go when I got saved because she know I worked the urban sector of town. You know, some, you know, I said, Mom, I'm not going to be afraid of my own people, number one. Number two, they can't kill me. She said, what do you mean? I said, Jesus said, don't worry about him who could destroy the body. You know, worry about me who could take your body and your spirit. So I, I don't worry about dying. I don't worry about viruses, none of that. I'm here to serve. I'm here to love. I'm here to, you know, to obey God's voice. You know, every morning I wake up, God, what you want me to do? That's what I do. And that's what you've been doing now through the ministry of Faith Baptist Church, as you mentioned the last time we got together, the ministry director for prison, prison ministry director. Urban Ministries Coordinator, and also CARE, which is the karate program yeah. that you instruct yes. to. Yes, face-based. That's, that's what I do. I feel comfortable in a prison. I feel comfortable sharing. I have a brother in prison in Sing Sing in New York. I have a nephew in prison in New York. I have a stepson in prison in Fort Worth. And I just, I just feel comfortable when I go into a prison and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I feel comfortable in the urban sector, being Hampton, you know, Orange Mound, you know, Nutbush. I feel comfortable in them areas. So that's where I'm best used in the areas where I feel comfortable. You know, Michael, I was just thinking about the deception of Satan and how he is the great deceiver. When there's this life that Jesus 
paid for yes at calvary yes offers to us as a free gift yes yes and yet we believe these lies he's a liar a thief a murderer but one thing i've learned and this is what sold me on christianity the holy ghost Jesus said, I'm going to put him inside. First Corinthians, what, 619? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Why? Because you've been bought at a price. What do I do? Glorify God in your body and in your spirit that belong to God. Man, I got the Holy Ghost, and you got the Holy Ghost in it. No, this is his temple. He ain't letting Satan in this temple. When I learned that, I'm a fifth-degree black belt in the martial arts. I just was honored last year in Newark, New Jersey, and put in the Hall of Fame, the Martial Arts Hall of Fame. But all the karate I know, I teach self-defense to women. It's nothing like having the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> That's my weapon, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. What have you learned through the discipline of martial arts in your life? That's a good question. That's a great question because I use it. I, I have this statement that I, I say all the time. Unless the problem of method is solved, talk about the task is useless. Jesus was the greatest mythologist, if that might not be the right word, that would use certain methods I mean, did he really have to spit on the ground to anoint this guy's eye? Did he really have to tell him to go, you know, you know, do certain things for salvation? Told the centurion, I ain't seen that kind of faith in all of Israel. You just said you ain't got to go nowhere. You a Gentile. Yeah. You know, here you trust in me. My own people don't trust me that much. Yeah. You know, they have a zeal, you know, but not according to knowledge, you know. Yeah, and so I, I don't want to be that person. I, I want to be the opposite of that. I want to be a good example. I want to love people. I want to treat people right. I'm not afraid of people. I'm not ready to speak up for Jesus. I'm going to defend the gospel till death do me part. That's the word of God. It's powerful. It's live. Again, it's piercing. And so I know that if you use the word of God, if you study the word of God, if you read the word of God, if you pray to God, then live for God. And hey, this is not my home. I had a thought this morning I want to share with you. Let me you. hear it. God said, this is not your home, right? Jesus said he's going to prepare a place for us. Where I am, you shall be also. I'm in my father's house. That made me, you know, the scripture, many mansions. He said, since you're a sojourner, how do you feel when you wake up when you went to Africa? I've been to Costa Rica. I've been to Guatemala. You feel kind of strange. You're in a different land. You're not in your own bed. You know, you feel a little different, a little nervous. You got a witness to certain people, language barriers. He said, treat the United States just the same way. When you wake up every morning, say to yourself, this is not my home. I'm a sojourner. I'm a foreigner. And I feel funny in this land. If you don't feel funny in this land, you're going to get comfortable in your house and everything in it, all your material, all your possessions. I don't care if you this is not our home. If you keep that mindset, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So what is the mindset of Christ? What did Christ do following his leadership? What did Paul do? That's why Paul would say, be followers of me. You yes. know why? Because we're followers of Christ. If any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and, daily and follow me. Yes. For if you seek to save your life, you, you will, will lose it. it. But if you... 
lose, lose your, your life for my sake. And the gospel. And the gospel. You will find it. Amen. Is the gospel enough? <laughs> the, gospel. the gospel is enough. Oh. We got the word of God. We got the best thing in the world. What religion can do? I'll do this. None of them. <laughs> it's not. None of them. And we're not talking about religion. We're talking about a relationship. A relationship with God. Personal relationship. Yes. If you don't have a personal. And it has to grow. I had to mature. I'm not perfect. I had to feel a uh, 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 fall. But hey, my, 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 my signature scripture is this. Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will perfect it until Jesus Christ's return. we got to be reminded of that very truth every day. Every day. Every day. If there's no beginning, there's just no perfection. Yeah. But he has to begun in you. <laughs> you got a beginning in you, you know, because then it would lead you to John 15 and 5, where Jesus reminds us that, huh, I'm the vine, you're just the branch. But he that believeth in me and I in him, the same will bring forth much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. That's right. Let's not try to do anything without Jesus. Let's not, Michael. God bless you. Man. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your heart, sharing your Savior, just being on our show today. Thank you for coming. It was a short notice. Yes. But we produced two wonderful shows to share with our friends. You gave the information last week. If those would like information maybe about CARE, the karate program through Mm -hmm. Faith Baptist Church, or the ministries of Michael Cassie Sr., how can we learn more? You can learn more. You can get in touch with the church that can give you. I can give you my number now. I sleep with my cell phone. I'm on 24-7 alert. So if anybody wants to know, I stay up all night. You can, if, if, yeah. if, I, if that yeah. phone rings and I can hear it, I'm answering it. Okay, so you want to give a number? 901-901-210-8831. Let me do it again. 901 901- 210-8831. And the church is Faith Baptist Church in Bartlett, and, Tennessee. Amen. Pastor Danny Sinkfield is my pastor. He's a dear friend of mine. Yes. He's a great brother. Been with him for 20 years, and I just love him to death. He's my hero. Yes. But there's other heroes, you know, <laughs> in my life. You know, John MacArthur, you know, Charles Stanley. Do you listen to Bot Radio? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, John. I didn't even know who John. I didn't even know John MacArthur was in California. And I'm from California, right? <laughs> and then I heard Adrian Rogers all the time. And I knew who Adrian Rogers was when I got in. Michael, God bless you, my brother. Yeah. Thank you so much. Man, it's a blessing. Thank you for having me. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye.